Do you know that your existence on planet Earth can be quite uh, miserable, quite lonely, quite discouraging, quite stressful, quite depressing if you don't know some things? See, in order for you to experience the abundant life that Christ came to give you, you have to know first and foremost that God made you, literally, that you're handcrafted by the creator of the universe. In fact, you're the only you that he's ever designed and made. You're custom made. He made you. Long before you were ever born, God made an executive decision to design, form, and fashion you. And he chose this moment in time for you to be on the earth. But God didn't just do that because he was bored. He did it with great forethought, with all of his heart, and with great purpose. Because he has a great purpose for you right now on planet earth. He has a destiny for your life. And tonight God wants to give us the primary key that will unlock God's destiny for your life. Do you realize how many people are going through each day not even knowing they have a destiny, let alone knowing exactly what that is and moving forward in that each day? God wants you to know his destiny for your life. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to take you to the next level of strength, to the next level of faith, to the next level of love, to the next level of glory. But there's a key. It's actually pretty simple. And here it is. Are you ready? You have to be bird-brained. Bird brain. That's the title of tonight's message. Bird brain. You're looking at me like you're bird brain right now. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 19. Bird brain. Matthew chapter 6. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that you've invaded our lives, that you pursued us and loved us first, and that you're here tonight, right now, ministering to each and every one of us. We just quiet ourselves right now. We still all humanly initiated activity, and we expect from you to be changed tonight. We're never going to be the same again because of you. Thank you for your word and your spirit in our lives, Father, changing us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Bird brain, destiny. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. We're going to read verses 19 through 34. Please follow along with me in your Bible. I'm reading out of the King James. Lay not up for yourselves 
treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and anything else. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, because of the goodness of God, because he cares about you affectionately and watchfully, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or how's it all going to work out? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do those who do not know God, those who have no covenant with God, seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And here's the key. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, his way of doing things, his way of thinking, his way of living, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, God's holy word. In verse 19 through 21, Jesus begins by talking about our focus and two primary things that we can focus on, the things of the earth or the things of heaven. And Jesus is exhorting us to not focus on the things of the earth. The quality of our lives is determined by what we focus on. 
what have you chosen to give your focus to in your daily life? Not Wednesday night at 8.25, but Monday morning at 10.15 a.m. And Monday at 1.13 p.m. Monday, 2.25. Monday, rush hour, 7.30 p.m. Wednesday morning, 9.25 a.m. Thursday afternoon at 4.05. What's your focus? There's a lot going on in life, isn't there? A lot of things we could choose to focus on. But Jesus exhorts us to focus on the things of heaven. What you focus on, you begin to treasure. You begin to value and consider very important. What you treasure and value and consider important, you begin to pursue. You begin to follow after. You begin to seek. What you focus on, you begin to treasure, you begin to pursue, you begin to spend your time, energy, and resources on. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Don't focus or choose to value the things of this earth because you're going to end up spending your time, energy, and resources on the things of this earth, and they're all going to pass away, and you're going to be left standing before God with nothing. Choose, rather, to focus on the things of heaven, and then you'll begin to value them and consider them important. And the more important they become to you, you'll begin to pursue them and follow after them and spend your time and your energy and resources on them. And when you stand before God, you'll have treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He goes on in verses 22 and 23, and he further talks about focus, but he lets us know that he wants us to have a singular focus. And I like the way the King James says it. He says the light of the body in verse 22 is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, can you say that word? Single. Thy whole body shall be full of light. I like that word. And he contrasts the word a single focus with an evil focus. Interesting. Verse 23, but if thine eye be evil. So we've got a contrast of an eye that's single and an eye that's evil. A singular focus is essential if we're to fulfill our destiny. When Jesus, our master, our example, the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God, when he was asked, what is the greatest of all the commandments? In Mark chapter 12, he said, the foremost is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, if thine eye be single. One Lord. It is what separates Christianity and Judaism from every other belief system, one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, if thine eye be single. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, 
one Father, one Lord, who is over all, through all, and in all. We were made to have a singular focus on him. See? You say, well, if I just focus on him, what about all the other stuff that I need to do? He'll take care of it. See, now, focusing on him doesn't mean you sit in your room and stare at the wall. It means when you're at work and there are projects going on that you've got to get done and the deadline's approaching, tick, 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 you're quiet inside. And you're not doing it in your own strength. You're trusting him to give you the strength, the strength to do what needs to be done, the wisdom to connect the dots, the wisdom for the timing, the insight to understand the ins and outs of this project. See, that's, that's treasuring him. You're not living life in your own strength. That's a singular focus. So you can be a very active person and have a singular focus. It's in the things that we do, we're, not, we're mindful not to do it in our own strength, but we're focused on him. Singular focus. Now, in James chapter 1, See, we're going to go quickly here. James chapter 1, if you can turn there if you'd like, I'm going to. Singular focus. Verses 2 through 8, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Pastor Mike shared that with us last Wednesday night. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You have a singular focus in the midst of it all, right? You're focused on him, not doing it in your own strength. He's going to provide what you need to get all the way through and come out on top. Let, let patience have a perfect work in you. You may be perfect wanting nothing. We're going to move quickly. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, let not that man think that he'll receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable. In all his ways, a singular focus, singular focus, one God, one Lord, one faith, a double-minded man. That word literally in the Greek means that, dysikos, means two minds, two spirits on things. You listen to God's word, and you take his word, then you listen to man's word as well. And you try and go through your life taking both, God's word and man's word, and it doesn't work. See, God desires that you would take him at his word that you wouldn't add anything to it or take anything away from it, that you would realize you don't need anyone else's word but his. That if God has promised it, if God has said it, then you can lay your life on it. And it doesn't matter who disagrees with you. It doesn't matter who does what to you. God is your keeper. He's your shield and your fortress and your high tower, and he's going to bring you through. Singular focus. Back to Matthew in chapter 6, verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, now this word is interesting, evil. It's not speaking of you being evil. It's speaking of the, fo- it's speaking of the effects of your focus producing evil results. Very important to understand that. In other words, if you don't have a singular focus on God in life, the results will be negative. If you don't have a singular focus, when you get up in the morning, he's the first thing you think of. If he's not, you change it real fast. When my eyes open, good morning, Father. I love you. 
this day is yours. But I've got so many things I'm going to do. No, this day is yours. I'm not going to run through this day like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to watch how you do it. I'm going to move forward in the unforced rhythms of grace, letting you lead and guide me, keeping company with you, learning to live freely and lightly. See? So this word evil is speaking of the effects of having a double focus. In fact, the way that this word is used here, it assigns the blame for evil to a double focus. In other words, if you have a double focus, that's the reason for lack of results in your life when it comes to the things of God. And boy, we really can fool ourselves being in church for so many years because we've heard the word so much, but when we just quiet ourselves and take an honest look at our lives, we realize, you know, we've got more than a singular focus. We've got God in our sights over here, but we've got these issues and these issues and what this person said and what, how this is going to, and boy, we're just looking at so many things. It makes it very difficult to be that woman in Mark 5, if I touch his garment, I'll be whole. Singular focus, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one healer, one God, one provider, one shepherd, who's over all, through all, and in all. Singular focus. Now, verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. So we want to fulfill our destiny. We need a singular focus. And really, what is our focus made up of? Our thoughts, right? So Jesus says, take no thought for your life. How many thoughts pass through your mind in a day? Have you ever counted them? Quite a few. I made up my mind long ago, don't always do it, but I'm getting better, that if a thought passes through my mind that is anything less than God's promise, I refuse to accept it. I don't care where it's from. I don't accept it. I will not allow that thought to stay in my mind, and I will replace it with the promise of God. Take no thought for your life. I like Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose thought and imagination is stayed on thee, if thine eye be single. One God, one Lord, one faith. See? So if I keep my mind stayed on him, God will keep me. That's a ticket to paradise. I'm telling you, man. Psychiatrists would be out of business if this was practice. Only the devil would have to go to him because he's got such a mess to deal with. Isaiah 26.3, Matthew 6.26. Now, here we go. Bird brain. Behold, the birds of the air. Any bird watchers in the house? Come on, don't be shy. We won't laugh at you. Is it nerdy to be a bird watcher? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, anyway, when we moved into our home we're living in now about two and a half years ago, uh, they left a, a number of birdhouses there. In fact, when the home was listed, they said we, uh, the, the birdhouses are not included. 
I wasn't too concerned. I didn't really want any birdhouses. They, they, they had a change of heart, and they left the birdhouses. Now, these are some nice birdhouses, you know, like deluxe stuff. One of them is especially made for bluebirds. And so we moved in, and what we notice is we stand our, we're standing our, out in our living room, and we can look out over the, there's some koi ponds and gardens and birdhouses. And we've, I don't know how many, maybe 10 to 15 different types of birds that I've seen. And we'll just watch them interact in the morning. And it is really fun. The colors are amazing. You know, the different ways that they fly. Some of them dive quickly. Toom. Some just kind of glide down. Some of them are aggressive and some of them are timid. And sometimes what I'll do, I'll just go out on the deck in the back and I'll just sit there and I'll just watch them. Bird brain. And, you know, one thing I, I've, I, I've never heard these birds talk about is the price of gas. Not even one time. Not even one time. I've never heard them talk about the, the, the things that I hear people talk about. You know, the political issues. What, what, what's going on at work? I, they, they just, you know, every morning they do the same thing. They fly down. And you know what's funny? The houses that they're living in, they had nothing to do with providing. They're nice houses. And all they did was fly down and live in them. In fact, I've even repaired them for them. We had a windstorm that just took one right off its post there, and I went out and I fixed it. Had a little nest of bluebirds in there. Wasn't that nice of me? They didn't even ask me to do it. They never said a word to me. Here I am. They don't really know me. They didn't write me a letter. They don't look at me as a landlord. I took my own initiative. I saw that bluebird house off its post. I said, man, i got to fix that thing. I went out, got my hammer, my nails. I put that thing up there. I had to cut a piece of wood to make a new foundation and nail that thing in there. I had to fix the roof. There's another house in the corner. I had to fix the roof on that thing. I didn't even send them a bill. No charge. You see, birds got it down. What do they do every day? They simply do and be who they were made to be. No stress. Do you know, we even, we even went out and bought them a huge bag of food. We went to, I mean, the thing was, I don't know, 30, 40 boxes, big old bag of bird seed. I don't remember how much it was, but it's, you know, big bag. The, the kids made crafts. They made this bird feed, and they put peanut butter on it and stuck all these seeds on the thing. We hung it out there, and we watch them. They've never said thank you never acknowledged our presence. They're just doing what they're made to do. Could it be that Jesus, our, our Savior and our Lord, is exhorting us to be bird-brained? Behold the birds. What does behold mean? Look at. Stop doing what you're doing and look how I've made you. Stop with your business busy, anxious activity, and behold, I am your God. Be still and know that I am your God. Cease striving and know that I am your God. Be bird-brained. I haven't tried to fly yet, and I don't want to eat birdseed, but I like the way they live. 
And Jesus is giving us wisdom that will change the way we live. Behold the birds. You see, people make it so difficult following God and trying to figure out what his destiny is for their lives. Just think about, just focus on him. Just focus on him. You wake up in the morning, God, I love you this morning. I thank you, you made me and you're caring for me and you're, you're leading me and you're guiding me and you're working all things out for my good. Lord, I'm so glad that you never fall asleep, that you never miss anything, that, that you've numbered the very hairs on my head, that you're actively involved in every detail of my life and this day belongs to you. So I just worship you, Lord. I bless you and thank you. You're taking your shower, you're shaving, you're brushing your teeth, you're feeding your birds, you're doing all the things you do every morning. And you're just praising him. And you're on the way to work, and, man, the traffic, it's jammed. It's backed up. And instead of honking your horn and, and, and listening to the radio, you, you just you have a wonderful time in your car. God, you're so good. You're so good to me, God. You've already gone ahead of me and worked everything out this day. You're leading me and guiding me. And I thank you that you're, lead, that you're unfolding your destiny for me each day. And it's just the most natural thing. Your destiny will just open right up before you. It'll just open right up. You won't have to strive. You won't have to fret or worry. I have known the Lord since the spring of 89, about 22 years plus. And I grabbed a hold of this when I first gave my heart to him. And I want to tell you, from that moment to this, he has continued to move me forward in his destiny for my life. And I'm just watching it all, and it's just amazing. And even when I made mistakes, even when I, I failed to see what he was trying to show me, or I didn't trust him, his grace was sufficient. And I want to tell you, there is nothing, and I do mean nothing, like waking up every day knowing with all that you are, you are in the center of his destiny for your life. It changes the way you look at everything. Hallelujah. Behold the birds. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Listen to verse 25 in the Amplified. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life, what you shall eat, what you should drink, where you're going to work, what's going to happen about your body, what you should put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? I like that. Is not life greater in quality than food, and the body far above and more excellent than clothing. The message translation says it this way. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss. <laughs> Read that again. If you decide, it's a daily decision, right? It's not a one-time thing. There are temptations to decide otherwise. But if you decide for God, 
singular focus. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. If you decide to have a singular focus, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss. So if I'm fussing, what do I know about my focus? It ain't single, is it? You don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach. More to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds. Bird brain. Free and unfettered. Not tied down to a job description. Careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Do you believe that? Do you believe you're more valuable to God than every bird on the planet? Now, you see, when you choose to seek God and, and, and renew your mind with his word, your values change. Because there are people who would disagree with that statement. There are people who think birds are more valuable than you. That animal life is more valuable than human life. That plant life is more valuable than human life. But God says otherwise. He said, you're worth way more than many birds. See, so if you listen to God, you develop the right kind of, of view of yourself. If you listen to man, it puts you underneath God's creation. See? And you get weak. And the devil can take advantage of you. We don't listen to the world. God created man in his image, not birds, not animals, not whales, just man. Made us a little lower than God. Do you see yourself as his son and his daughter? Made by him. Handcrafted. Seek first the kingdom of God. Behold the birds. Be bird-brained. Seek him first. Singular focus. In Jesus' name.